Blog Talk Radio. Hello and good evening. Welcome to tonight's episode of the Psychic Inside Show. I'm your host, Joelle, the Vibrarian, and I'm here to elevate and enlighten you with information that I hope that you will find positive and life-changing. Our show, The Psychic Inside, airs every Tuesday night on Blog Talk Radio, and you can call in during the show. The phone number is 646-668-8988. You can call in to listen to the show, and if you ever have any questions or want to speak with our guests, please press the one button, and I will work to get you on the line as soon as possible during our conversation. We also have a Facebook page and community uh, that I like to call the Good Vibe Tribe. And on Facebook, you can find me by searching for The Vibrarian. That's V as in victory, I-B-E as in energy, R-A-R-I-A-N. You can connect with us not only on Facebook, but also on Instagram and Twitter with the same the Vibrarian Handle. I would like to welcome you tonight. Everyone is psychic. That is our basic understanding on this show. We all have psychic gifts and abilities, but we just sometimes don't recognize them for what they are, or we may call them by different names. So each week I interview people who have basically uncovered their psychic gifts, and uh, we learn about what their journey is like in understanding who they were psychically and how their gifts are manifesting. And I'm just so excited to get to talk to people every week because what I'm finding out as we continue these conversations is there are certain common threads that show up and people kind of coming to their realization and then what happens in their lives when they shift after those abilities become more integrated, and then what happens when they kind of come out of the psychic closet, if you will, and start to admit and talk about their their life around their friends and family. And I think that it's very helpful for all of us as we get a chance to hear these personal stories. And I'm always so grateful that the people who come on this show are willing to share their personal and sometimes painful stories. So I do see we have callers on hold this evening listening. Thank you for tuning in. Again, our number is 646-668-8988. If during the show you have a question, please feel free to press the one button. I am very excited tonight because my special guest is Paula Gore. And Paula is known affectionately as the singing shaman. Um, I do want to let you know that Paula has agreed to provide many readings during the end of our show, the last segment. So at that particular time, we will definitely take one question, calls from people who are on the line, and she will try to um, access her guidance and wisdom to provide an answer for you. So I, I, I really am so excited because uh, Paula, I first encountered her at a local metaphysical bookstore here in the Atlanta area, Synchronicity. Now, uh, for those of you who are new to these kind of conversations, this community, uh, oftentimes you can go to a metaphysical or holistic bookstore and you will find that there are practitioners providing service on site that you can have a reading. 
from them. Um, this is kind of different from the psychic fair events, which are usually a special weekend or a regular weekend event that pull together a lot of readers. Um, this, when people work in a facility, they kind of are there all the time, and you can go and catch them as you're shopping. So one day I was in this store looking at the lovely book collection. As a librarian, I'm always looking out new, for uh, new information. And I heard this sound coming from the back, and it was rather startling, to say the least. But it got my attention, and so I said, what is that? And he said, oh, that's Paula. So I looked at her bio, and I saw that she was a shamanic healer and sound healing practitioner. And I said, you know what, I've got to go have an appointment and a reading because this is something completely new. So I want to welcome the singing shaman Paula to the show this evening. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thank you, Joelle. really appreciate you uh, inviting me on the show. I'm excited to be here with you tonight. Well, I know that the thing that caught my attention was, A, one, that you were a shaman, which I was very unfamiliar with, that term, and that you were making sounds and tones that I had never heard before. So let's start talking about what is a shaman for our listeners this evening and even for my own information because I'm a little bit unclear still. Um, we've, we've talked some a little bit about what shamans are, but, but in your words, what is a shaman? Um, okay, first of all, I am, I am a unique shaman because I'm using my voice um, to do these things. In other words, a shaman is someone who does uh, soul retrieval and extractions, and I do this all with my voice. Um, don't ask me how I do it. I just do it. <laughs> it just happens. It's a channeled experience um, from, my, from my end. And um, when I'm working with someone, it's like there's nothing to think about. It's just it your body presents itself to me. I'm clairvoyant, so I'm watching the process, and so I'm I'm able to um, communicate with you about what's happening and uh, be able to observe these things as as they're as they're taking place. So that makes it really fun and interesting for me. Um, a shaman again is someone who is doing. Um, also some kind of journeying, and usually shaman does the journeying for someone, but also um, I find that uh, the gift I have with the sound, I'm able to help someone to be able to drop down um, in into their unconscious and, be, and also do journeying as I am doing a session with you. So um, the sound lends itself for you to be able to go into the, uh, what's called the underworld, um, the underworld where um, <clears throat> uh, it's there. There are different guides, and these guides are usually animal totems um, that can take you on the journey uh, to discover things about yourself that you may not know. Um, so that's pretty much it about a shaman. 
Okay, so just two things stood out. You said that you do soul retrieval and extraction, and to me that sounds kind of like the Green Berets. You know, when you hear about something (laughs) being extracted and retrieved, it's kind of like this, uh, it gives the idea that there is a, a dangerous element to it, or, you know, it, it, it just brings up this whole adventurous idea on the one hand. Yes. But as I understood about shamanism, it is very much something that came from the indigenous uh, traditions of people all over the world. So you find shamanism in Africa, you find shamanism in Native American uh, traditions, and um, I was spent some time in Mexico last year, and certainly there were Mayan uh, shamans that were present. But it speaks to this idea that there is a dimension around us that includes, as you would describe it, in the underworld, and that through your training and knowledge as a shaman, you become the the guide, if you will, or uh, you you journey into those pathways in order to do the spirit work that is needed at that moment. So yes. soul retrieval is a is a type of, of spiritual work, if, if yes. I'm correct. Yeah. Okay. So why do, why does the soul need to be retrieved? What happens? Okay. We all have trauma. And um, that trauma uh, can be, like, seen or quantitatively found in the, in the aura, in the physical body. Um, so, uh, let me see where I want to go with this. Um, when we have trauma, our soul fragments, it breaks off. And that is actually can be physically felt in the field. In other words, it can be found. It's not just uh, an arbitrary or abstract thought. It's actually in the field. So the nature of a shaman going beyond um, someone, say, who's just doing Reiki is able to to work in the field and begin to start to find these things. Um, Usually it may take a while. Uh, Sometimes I can find things right away in the field, um, but I find that um, the more I work with someone, the more comfortable they become. Their soul begins to unwind, and then things begin to pop up or arise in the field as I continue to work with them over a period of time. So the process is very interesting in that way. Um, In other words, the safer you feel, the more your soul can begin to allow me or the practitioner to begin to see these things. When when you see shamans, you see things like peace pipes and drums and... um, a very natural connection also with, like you said, the animal totems. Ritual. Is that yeah, you are describing okay. ritual. and Yes, and I am not a typical shaman, and I have not been trained on the earth plane. My training is very different. Um, and I uh, 
I have come from an actually a very extremely traumatic childhood. Um, I've had many near-death experiences, and these near-death experiences themselves were very unique. Um, my soul was split. Um, literally, um, I had half of me going to heaven and the other half with my animal totem into the earth. So I learned to bilocate, literally, bilocate uh, at such an early age. And um, I found that um, this what this creates for me is like my own um, multidimensional self. Because I have traveled in both of these places on a regular basis, it's very easy for me to access these realms for other people. So you talk about then having these experiences as a child. Was your awareness of what you were experiencing experiencing in the child's mind what did you feel like you were having just like fanciful imaginations or I mean so you've always known that there was something uh, different about your reality or in recent memories of these childhood experiences I literally experienced bliss complete bliss um I uh one of the the unique things that I uh went through was um you may have heard of this from time to time there's something called twin loss. I had a twin uh when I was in my mother's womb and mm-hmm. um I had a near death experience when her egg burst. She died within the first 2 weeks of conception. I went after her, and I have very vivid memories of this experience. And I remember being with her in what's called the Temple of Lights. And there are all these incredible fluorescent lights and geometric shapes. And I was blue, and she was blue, and our souls merged. And merging is something that is that's one of the things that you that we do when we go to the other side. We merge with, with each other. I had this memory and um I when I was born I went through very incredibly traumatic um uh, uh, abuse issues that in other words I had near death experiences and because I had already gone to the light, I was instead of being trapped in, in the um around the web around the planet which is the astral plane i went straight up to heaven every time and i i basically re-experienced this merging that i had with my sister and felt this incredible love and bliss and then i would be coming back into my body and i in these memories i am i'm experiencing every time this strength a growing strength every time I've had these um, near-death experiences. And I found that I was able to cope um, and deal with my trauma um, and live a normal life because of all these near-death experiences. So 
you're a young child then, and you tell your, do you say to your mother, I merged yes. with my sister? And what does your mother say in response to that? Mama. Well, my mother was part of my abuse issue, so she was um, she wasn't open at all to anything that I was saying, and she was not um, uh, she dismissed uh, any of my experiences, and I do remember sharing it with her, and she she totally dismissed um, this experience that I shared with her about my sister. Totally dismissed you know, it, and I found that I I for, I began to forget that that mm-hmm. this is what I was doing because my mother was not she wasn't open uh, she wasn't a nurturing person. I was just getting ready to comment about that. That a common thing that we see is that children are more open uh, in terms of the veil between um, dimensions or lives when they're very, very young. And um, through what Don Miguel Ruiz in his book, The Four Agreements, calls domestication, they learn to shut those doors and uh, lose those early childhood recollections that might be past life dreams and visions and understandings or even being able to see spirits and, and hear spirits. They start to close those down because the adults in the room are are telling them it's wrong. It's it's it could not be possible. It's just your imagination. Stop telling stories. Oh, she, you know, all the negative things that start to come in as you enter society as a as a young child going to school and coming around family. And so most people you hear wind up shutting down. Um, their astral travel, their conversations with spirit, their past life memories until they get older and something then triggers, re-triggers those things to start coming back in. Yes. And for me, um, my catalyst for this lifetime, um, I think I was 30, and I remembered um, being sexually abused. And... um, uh it it started a long process but um after trying therapy i started going to a healer and um this was phenomenal because um i got to to reframe and start to to make the changes uh in my life and and stop seeing myself as a victim and uh awaken to my gifts right away uh, my clairvoyance and um, shape-shifting abilities I experienced right away um, shape-shifting in other words when I say that um, what I'm talking about is I became things Um, the first um, animal that I became I became a snake and I as as I became the snake um, I began crawling on the ground, and I felt like I was on a quest for food. And so I traveled across earth and water and up a tree until I found food. <laughs> and that was an amazing experience. Um, uh, I um, Let me see what else. 
I also remember being um, sucked up into a tree from its roots and swimming inside the tree as if the tree were water. And the tree was reparenting me and showing me that she was the mother. And um, this was a beautiful experience for me. It, it it just had this eternal feeling and eternal love of being completely nurtured and that I was home. Um, I had another experience where um, I, I experienced this uh, web of green light. There may have been an animal that may have weaved the, the light. It was like a translucent light green, and it weaved this light all around my body, um, and it felt like it felt real. It felt like, and I could see it, and it glowed. It was like um, like a cloth over me, protecting me. Um, it was truly amazing experience. Um, I also um, had a visitation of uh, an angelic being um, in this gold light showing up, um, and I knew that was my angel. Uh, it was just incredible experience to feel this oneness and this love coming from this being. Um, so, when you're having these experiences, are you were you like getting into meditation and then during no, the, I was on the table with or? the healer. I went to this healer. I went to a healer, and I had these experiences uh, being on the table with her. And I, every time, I just had such an otherworldly experience. And I began to shift. In other words, I shifted out of my pain body. Um, I was no more. uh, It's like I no longer was just processing these deep emotions. Um, from my childhood trauma, I was beginning to awaken to um, to this shaman in me, this the shapeshifter, um, and the, the feelings of oneness and connection and clairvoyance. It, it was just profound and amazing, and I I felt like wow, it's like my life is never going to be the same. Um, so that was my that was my initial initial awakening experience um ter- being able to turn around my trauma and be able to step uh step into my gifts then from there um it was about a year or two later with the same healer um I started helping her with her baby doing some repatterning. Her baby was born born with birth defects. And one day, um, Lynette just bent over and her, um, she said, oh, my God, I think my cancer is coming back. I had no idea that she had had cancer um, before, and she was in so much pain. And all of a sudden, uh, my I watched myself. Uh, say to her, let me see. And I also watched my hands um, just right in front of her ovary, uh, her left ovary, just begin to pull this energy out 
uh, of her left ovary, and within seconds I saw purple rain rain down on us, and this the energy mass in the uh, whatever what pain was going on in her ovary, it, it apparently it just transformed um, into this purple rain, and the love presence was so profound. Um, she had no more pain. Um, so basically, I I did a little psychic surgery and I channeled it, and I you know I just watched myself do it, and I said, oh my God, I see what I'm supposed to do the rest of my life. Um, I, um, she and I, from that point, we started doing trades. She asked me to start doing trades with her and I was really excited and, um, I continued to find that my gifts, um, I continued to expand and grow and, the next thing I knew, um, I started doing trades with her, and I found that I had to start making sounds. And how I started making sounds was all of a sudden I'm working on her, and I feel this shaman from another dimension come into my body and force my mouth open and start toning through me. <laughs> and I was freaking out. <laughs> I was freaking out. And... um it within i don't know within weeks or months it, it it didn't take that long but he integrated into me in other words this was an aspect of me coming back into me and um it, it just became became normal for me to do sound after that i in other words it it wasn't esoteric anymore it's just a part of me so it made it easy um, for me to do sound. And so when I'm with someone, when I'm giving readings, um, I start a session uh, by actually doing tones, and it, it seems to open my clairvoyance, and I'm able to tune into the person and their their soul body and their essence uh, a lot easier. So I've incorporated that into my readings now. Um, so sound has been my journey uh, out of trauma and into my life, my path, my purpose, um, and uh, also just opened me up, opening me up more clairvoyantly and um, beginning to explore. That same year, that was in 1995 when all this happened, that same year, um, I also started doing readings, and this is how I started doing readings. Um, a friend of mine had gone to Anne Rice. Remember all those vampire books? <laughs> oh, yeah, I read okay. every single one. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, I read those two. And so I was so <laughs> curious. Um, I, she had gotten a, a book signing, uh, an autograph, and I was just curious to see if I could pick up anything by touching Anne Rice's uh, signature. Lo and behold, I was getting all this stuff about Anne Rice. It's just getting a complete mm -hmm. download about this woman. And I was getting, oh, she's going to be writing another uh, another book um, that has that's a whole other series, and I believe that she mm -hmm. did, actually. Um, yeah. <laughs> and this, 
so this was in 1995 before she was um, before she started the other series. So I was picking up all this stuff on her. So this was awesome. And then I think that was in September, October. By January of '96, um, I did uh, the same thing for my friends. I I got them to to write their name, and I gave them all readings. And then I just decided I would pick up the phone and I called um, I called a metaphysical bookstore here in town. It's not there any anymore. It was a bookstore on uh, Far Road. Um, and I called the guy up and I uh, told him I wanted to do readings there. And um, I read for him and he also read for me. He was a palmist. And he looked at my palm and he said, yep, you can read here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so literally I jumped right into doing readings and I had this strong feeling that I needed to do it and that um and I also felt that my channel um was just right there that I I just I felt like there wasn't anything to develop that being the empty vessel and not coming in with trying to do tarot readings or palmistry, in other words, not having learned a modality, but allowing the channel to be what it needed to be, that I would be able to deliver what I needed to deliver, and that's how it's been, um, and I've been doing readings since uh, since then for 21 years, and I, I've loved the journey. It's been a fascinating, absolutely fascinating journey, um, and I have learned so much about people this planet um our journey as a whole it's i have tears in my eyes it's just been absolutely fascinating and i i love the opportunity um to be a reader and uh recently um the store that i have have been at they've just gone out of business so um i'm not currently doing readings uh at a store right now but I'm still uh, doing readings out of my home, um, and I hope to be uh, back out uh, doing um, uh, readings at uh, anywhere where I probably would be able to work a psychic fair again because this presents itself to me uh, in a unique situation because um, I'm getting uh, so much exposure um, and getting to read for so many people, and um, one of the things that I know I'm going off on all kinds of tangents, but I want to keep going with this. One of the things that I have been tapping into in recent years has to do with our soul essence. Um, That means um, who we are when we're not human. And uh, that could be between lives. Um, It could mean a lot of different things. But basically what I've... What I have discovered, and it's not new information, um, there are some other psychics like Doreen Virtue that read this way as well. We, um, so far, uh, I think this is across the board, There, we're in five categories of beings. One, we could be an angelic being. Two, we could be an elemental, which is like a fairy Three, we could be a walk-in, and that's an interesting sort. Mm-hmm. Four, um, uh, we could be an alien being. And five, um, we could be um, 
what it's known on the earth plane and people who basically tend to hold the light for the planet uh, who are witch, wizard, shaman. And in that, um, some people, of course, are in all categories or two or three or four categories. In other words, some people are hybrids. Their souls are so evolved and they've come to understand that by learning to integrate different aspects of beings, the more well-rounded the soul is, the more capable and willing the soul is able to go through the life journey and do whatever needs to be done and is in less um, less obstacles or able to work through obstacles more easily, has more tools and resources to access from these um, other, from the all these aspects. In other words, like angelic beings tend to be heart-centered and um, heart-natured. Um, elementals are mental and tend to be able to have uh an overview about what is what is going on without tapping into the emotional body so well uh and be able to help um others who are bogged down in emotion be able to give them insight to be able to step out of difficulty um angelic beings because of the emotional body are able to help others um, process those emotions and can be sort of like emotional janitors in a sense um, mm-hmm. and processing others' emotions. And also um, some of this, of course, can get into codependency and taking on other people's energy and all that, which we can get in down the road. But the nature of each being, this is sort of what it is, a walk-in is someone who um, a person, a soul has, uh, a person that has had a traumatic experience and maybe a near-death experience, and um, a soul may decide that in that moment, in the near-death experience, that they may not want to to go back, and that they're done, they're complete. In that moment, and another soul will come in and take over that person's body. Um, and I have met uh, several um, uh, walk-ins, um, and they uh, they are they both have in- incredible healing abilities and and are very psychic. Um, they don't always uh, are they're not always adept at uh, other people's emotions or be able to hold space necessarily. Uh, on an emotional level, but their ability to have the overview, sort of like the elemental, about what's going on on a larger scale and be able to to bring in uh, wise counsel and and be that channel, they're very good at. Um, In the the other, the last category, uh, I talked, well, actually the, the next category would be aliens. And these are beings from other planets, um, and these beings can be incarnates that they may have incarnations from um, not just one, uh, not just, say, Arcturia or Pleiades or Syria 
or Orion, um, they could be incarnating, in other words, in a lot of, in, in all of these places, have a lot of incarnations in various um, star systems and be bringing in um, aspects that all of these uh, embody. Um, Would those this, be known uh, as star seeds then? Is that a term yes, that, they um, are the star seeds. Yes, exactly. Um, the last category, I want to say this about star seeds, and this is something that I have noticed. Um, star seeds are very ambitious across the board. Um, they have a drive, and they have a drive that uh, supersedes um, their emotional pain and can override uh, difficulties by the drive alone. However, the drive can also be the downfall. The drive can be overzealous, um, and overzealous um, that, uh, in other words, too overzealous for uh, for the moment, it, it, too uh, too hyper or a bit too enthusiastic. It's like it, it has to be learned to be tempered and then um once that emotion is tempered then um that's when the star seed can be most effective so the star seed has to be aware of emotions and not let emotions be the driving force as it can be um with um the last category is the witch withered shaman and um these are are beings who incarnate regularly on the planet and hold light for this planet and in that path it's like you you find a a, a body of work that you have to sort of um work with or stay with uh some um one of these groups are actually the Tibetan monks, different than Buddha. Buddha um, taught, as is Jesus taught, that you can you can you you can evolve enough that you do not have to incarnate again if you learn to follow your own guidance. Um, and both of them talked about walking this middle, the middle road. But I'm stepping away from what I wanted to talk about. Tibetan monks, they incarnate um, consciously and regularly as Tibetan monks and as beings holding light for the planet. Um, the aboriginals did this and still do this. And also the Hopi um, also are known for um uh, incarnating, um, holding light for the planet. Of course, there are other groups that I haven't named, but those are some of the, the main ones that most people know about um, that uh, hold hold a spiritual light and presence for the planet and uh, are here as guides helping others on the path. 
It is quite yeah. interesting. I'm taking notes as we're talking here. I'm appreciating. So the, I want to recap. Sharing. I want to recap what I what I've said. Um, and when I give a reading, I call these life readings. When I talk about being one of these five categories or a hybrid, this is only a part of the reading. I, I I know that it's taking up a lot of time, but I also I want to go into this a little bit more because I do find I, I'm I'm going to be writing a book at some point around this. Um, as I have learned to um, observe and tune in to these aspects, um, there are subcategories within each. Um, in other words, I see people who are different types of angels. Um, this is well noted and documented in the in the Kabbalah as what the different types of angels are. And in other words, the different wings denote the different types of angels. Um, and I'm still learning as as I witness all of this um, what these different aspects entail also within the elemental realm there are different types of wings and some um elementals are are like gnomes they don't have wings um and uh and then some there are some other types of beings that um that are not uh uh that may be um like for you example you you um as I recall, you're a mermaid, so you have the um, the fish aspect about you that's very strong, um, the water element uh, that you bring in, that you carry. Wings have to do with mind, um, mental activity. Um, your aspect, you're bringing in water, and water is water is emotions, and being able to journey through emotions as fish do. Um, uh, let me see what else I wanted to comment on. Um, I haven't actually read for someone per se who is, uh, um, a walk-in, so I can't really, uh, articulate too much about that, but I'm sure that there are probably different categories within that. Um, and then of course, witch, wizard, shaman, there are different, um, uh, they show up as different beings. Um, some people will show up as a shaman um, and different types of shamans, um, such as, like I am, uh, I'm a shapeshifter. Um, there are other types uh, of shamans uh, as well. Um, and this is true uh, witch uh, wizard as well. Um Uh, let's see. Well, if I can, oh, oh so I know I can... what I wanted to talk about. I went. Um, this was interesting. Um, one of the fascinating aspects about uh, all of these different beings is seeing the past lives of these people. And um, this is a fairly recent thing I wanted to talk about. Okay, for example, um, some of this I feel like I could literally rewrite history. Um, there, uh, I witnessed someone who, um, who is, uh, um, incarnated 
as like in a, in Essene. Do you remember the Essenes um, after Christ? Do you, yes. Does this? They're a, okay. They were a very right. Gnostic sect of uh, believers in the post-Christ era that um, yes. believed in a much more spiritual pathway than the traditional Christianity start uh, emerged. All right. One of the one of the things, um, and I want to call these beings who came in and did this were star seeds. Okay. All right. Um, so they're another race, basically. They're they're another race, and they're trying to up the the uh, what happened with Christ and bring it into another level. One of these thing, one of the specific aspects about the Essenes is they're teaching what's called the inner mysteries. I could go on a mm-hmm. whole other tangent about this, and I won't. But I, I just I wanted to say uh, mention about the Essenes. But what I in reading this individual, and this is about a month ago, what I read was that she was a part of a group of Essenes that came in post. Atlantean times and the pre uh, the 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 setting um, getting ready for the Egyptian uh, culture coming in thirteen thousand years ago. This was absolutely fascinating to see these groups of uh, of beings, these star seeds coming in, um, and they are laying the groundwork just as the scenes. Uh, were doing post-Christ. They were laying the groundwork for the Egyptian times. This was absolutely fascinating, and I don't believe we will read about this anywhere. I haven't heard of it at all. Um, This is one of the types of things that I'm learning about this planet, that um, the history um, and the, the amazing courage um, that all of us have in coming back here again and again and trying. Um, and as we come back, we start all over because that's the makeup of the human body. Is is we're we're white. The slate is white clean. We have no memory, but this memory is in our chakras. It's in our DNA. It's in our fascia. The fascia is the saran wrap around muscle, and that is also the work that I do, massage. As I find this, um, all of this stuff is stored in the body and in all levels of the body. Um, And this has been an absolutely fascinating journey um, to understand and watch uh, souls as they go through all of this um time and again and the will um learning to overcome difficulties and coming back and trying to find new ways of being and um at this time we there's so many of us um this is one of the the most incredible periods for this planet's history now not only are we entering the fifth dimension now which i really believe has been we've been rocking in it since november rocking hard in the fifth dimension since november not only 
is that the amazing aspect? And all the indigenous cultures call this the fifth sun. This is also incredible because it's like we're all here. Everybody who has incarnated, who is some kind of light being, who is some who is on some path, some purpose, has some higher purpose, has incarnated now. It's like we're all here now, and we all are a part of a cog, and we're trying to turn this wheel, and we're trying to turn this wheel to light, to for this planet to embody light. Um, we are all in this process of waking up, and this this process of waking up is multidimensional. And one aspect that is so powerful now is our physical body. If I can say one thing right now about what this fifth dimensional energy is doing, I want to say, everybody, pay attention to your body. It's Your body is key right now to evolving into this fifth dimensional plane easily. It's like... Pay attention to your diet. Pay attention to your sleep. Get enough sleep. Get enough exercise. Do all the things that feed you and nourish your body and your soul. Make sure that your life is well-rounded and that your needs are met. And if they're not, then what do you need to do to get those needs met? And if you can't do it, pray. Surrender. Pray, turn it over. God is here, and God is more here and more connecting with us than ever before. The veil, as we get in this fifth dimensional dimensional energy, it's like saying that the veil is thinner. God, this within and without, meaning within us and the guides around us. There's so many beings here ready to help us. Ask for help. Pray turn it over, and meditate. So, Paula, you know, you've dropped just a whole lot of information, so I'm going to go back and pick up some points that I made notes about. Um, This is the Psychic Inside Show, and I'm your host, Joelle, the Vibrarian. I'm having a conversation this evening with Paula Gore, the singing shaman, and we've been discussing uh, the knowledge she has gained from her journey into the uh, realm of healing with shamanic abilities and powers. If you uh, are on our phone line this evening, if you have a question to ask, just press the one key, and we will be uh, taking readings at the end of the show. So if you have a content question, those are certainly welcome now. Um, we also have a chat room that is available on the Blog Talk page. If you have a question, type it in, and I'll be sure to get it on, as well in our as well as having a conversation on the Facebook community. So, okay. Several things, well, he just gave us so much information, but let me start by saying, so if I am a traditional Southern Baptist or uh, Christian-based um, person, you said several things in your conversation that probably would have sent me screaming for the hills and looking for some holy water. 
Um, and I, one of the things that we talk, you talked about is which wizard shaman. So the word witch uh, begins, uh, it's been conditioned to evoke fear in us or saying that it is something that is evil or undesirable if a person is a witch, that they are performing bad acts against people. And so how do you answer that question in the realm of what you've discovered and the words that you're using, for one? Um, okay. Um, one of the things, um, we, we can we can kind of swap out that witch word and we can say healer and psychic. And mm-hmm. often these beings, um, that's what I would say, um, a, a witch is someone who both is a psychic and a healer. Okay. And so I have had to come through uh, releasing certain religious conditionings as my pathway has evolved and I have awoken uh, into a different consciousness. So the fact that you would say that a person is from another dimension and at the same time you talked about that you journey to heaven and the underworld, then that when you try to contrast it with the idea of the biblical or as the Bible is interpreted in, in modern Christianity in the United States, then heaven and hell is very different from the kind of heaven and hell idea of the shamanic tradition. But yet they are the same kind of thing, but the uh, energy surrounding the teachings is somewhat different. Would that be a fair kind of distinction? Yes, yes. <laughs> so when if, there is a, when if there is a hell, if there is a hell, it is the astral plane. Is a okay. web around the planet, and there are many souls that are trapped around uh, the the web, this astral plane, that are lost now the astral, and stuck. Now, the astral plane is not just filled with lost or stuck or negative types of energies, correct? It's filled with... Right, but it is it is definitely a mixed bag. Okay. The, the astral plane is definitely a mixed bag. And, it, right, it is not all, uh, it, it's not all one or the other. It's both. It's it's a mixture. Um, but it's definitely not, a, it's not a higher vibrational place. I'm asking because I actually just had a question with a friend this week who who wanted to know more about the topic of astral travel and or slash out-of-body experiences and lucid dreaming. So, you know, as we were talking, it turns out we both read the same book when we were in our early years. I think it was a teen literature book. And the idea in this story was that the girl was learning to astral travel, and while she was journeying one day, uh, her evil twin that she did not know existed 
got into her body and her spirit was displaced. And I remember after reading that story that I stopped out of fear kind of experimenting with the things that my young mind was doing with with astral. I was doing it naturally, I think, and becoming aware, which is why I went to read the book. But after I read that, I said, oh, God, I don't want to get stuck out of my body and have somebody walk in and take me over and be hovering then over the earth plane observing this person and ruining my life and relationships, which is kind of what happened to the protagonist in the book. So you said the words walk in in terms of um, that concept actually being a reality, if not specifically how it was done in the book. And then you talk about the astral plane. So can you now give the a walk more- in is coming? The, the soul has already ha- is in heaven. In other words, the soul is having the one who you know incarnated with that body is in heaven, is is having some kind of near-death experience. So the soul is in a, in a high, is in, is in a high place. So the walk-in is also in that place as well, and a decision is made. So it's a willing, it's a willing uh, decision. It's not something that happens to you against your will. Right. This is when the soul okay. has decided it, it does not want to incarnate, and the guides who are with <coughs> who are with that soul also agree. It has to be agreed decision. It's not just the soul; um, it's also the team there that help that soul to make the decision to stay or go. Okay, so that's the one thing that I I know that there are certain so that's a different <laughs> that's the difference say with the walk in as opposed to doing the astral traveling and then somebody another being coming in. That's the difference. Um, is is because that soul the walk in the soul is ascended is in uh, an aspect in heaven then. Uh, the 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 walk in replacement can come in and that's it's from a high place. If that helps that's, you understand it, it does. There. It does. There's there's so much fear. Like I have several friends who, when I invite them to listen to the show or get a reading and stuff, they say, "Oh, I don't mess with that stuff." You know, and it's a real strong reaction that says, nope, 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 I don't want to. They say, I don't want to open myself up to the devil. <laughs> That's oftentimes I'll hear that, you know, or, oh, right. it sounds like you're talking about demonic possession. You know, the, the fear uh, of doing uh, discovery in the spiritual realm outside of uh, religious institutions is very strongly ingrained. I think we're it, falling especially away here, from that. Especially here in the, in the southeast, I, I find that um, the um, sort of a, the Christian conditioning, um, Christianity, uh, unfortunately, um, unlike other religions, um, teaches that it's it's the only way that this is the only way to get to heaven or this is the only way and 
other religions actually honor other religions. Um, they don't. Um, they're not separatist, um, which uh, to me is the, the the blessing of other religions is that they all seem to have some openness about um, other people practicing other religions and t- tolerance, basically. And that, you know, I mean, our spiritual makeup, how we are, we're all some unique fragment of God. So we're going to approach God from a different angle. I mean, that's just the nature of who we are as human beings. So to put everybody in one box, it just, it doesn't make sense. I mean, you know, we're we're not, we're not all going to approach God the same way because our makeup is different. Um, and I, I, you know, I have, I just try to have patience um, for people who are very strict in their ways and try to speak in a language when I have someone who um, is, you know, coming from a very Christian background to try to, to help them and stay within the language that they are able to um to hear me um I don't like to alienate people so but because you know I'm a near deather so what that means for me personally is that um I love and embrace all religions um they all are a part of me <laughs> I can't separate them. I uh, am into, as a sound healer, I'm into chanting, um, and I'm into chanting all religions. Uh, and they each have their own flavor, their own uh, vibration, if you will. And I love all of them because, to me, it's it's all a piece of the pie. It's like... Uh, I I can't and I don't put myself in any one spiritual box. Um I embrace all religions and I embrace all of the godhead that come with those because each has their own um spiritual teacher um that are so uh loving and powerful and bring their own wisdom and um to me, that's what it's about. It's, it's. I want to embrace all of it. I don't want to be in a box. Um, but I understand people feel the need that something that isn't Christian, you know, they feel like it's something evil. But um, I hope in time down the road that um, people can awaken beyond the, the teachings that they're that what they're being indoctrinated into is actually separatism, and separatism is not of God. It is not. Mm-hmm. I do have a question. When you separate, from... go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no, go ahead with your finish when, your statement. When when a religion when a religion chooses um, to point fingers and separate that language, pointing fingers and saying something that that is not of God, it's like nobody has a right to say, to pass judgment on another's practice or perp- of mm-hmm. how how they worship God. It's 
that to me, that's a projection. Projection is of the ego, and ego Mm -hmm. is not of God. Well, and I would add to that. To be tolerant is of God, because God loves all beings. And I will say this, and people may differ from me, but God loves Hitler as much as Jesus. God doesn't differentiate. God loves all beings the same. God is not in judgment. Humans are in judgment. And, you know, it's interesting because it's not just I've come to understand or it's part of my personal system of awareness that it's not just religion that teaches or preaches separation, that we have a whole construct that we are uh, living in that divides nation from nation with fake geographical lines. It divides uh, race from race by supposed genetic differences in, in tone and appearance. It divides gender from gender, male from female, by making these distinctions, and it divides old from young by continuing to project the idea that that these things make us so different that we then cannot be connected and in communion with each other. And so any system, be it a religious, political ideation, uh, ethical system that instills division is not of unity, consciousness, or God source. You know? Yes. I, I do have a question from the chat room. We had a caller that was also holding to ask a question, but they disconnected. But uh, let me get to the chat room question real quick. Um, is, uh, hi, I have a question. How does someone break free from a voodoo or black magic evil energy? I have a friend who I think is struggling because of this. Okay, um, there are several things, um, several things to do. Um, um, I probably would need to do an individual consultation, but in a general sense, um, there's sort of a prescription that I go by. Um, you need to uh, get some distilled water and some sea salt. And you put it in a bowl. And then you're going to um, hold this bowl up over your head. You bless this water by holding it up over your head. Then on a daily basis, it can be even do do it in the morning and the evening, you, you take the water and then you basically um, begin to sprinkle it and and put it all over your body front and back. So um, you probably need to to do this to your house, to your dwelling as well, to clear the house. Um, There's another process of um, learning to um, go outside, sit on the ground, so your butt is on the ground. You are connecting on the ground, and you're doing a 30-minute meditation every day, and you're doing a very specific meditation. You're doing this white light egg meditation. So you're seeing this. Um, you're um, seeing uh, this 
egg-like white covering, and you have to visualize this, and this is a part of the 30 minutes. Um, and then in time, you'll find that your field will get stronger. Um, uh, candle burning uh, you want to do and um, asking your angelic team to uh, cut cords on a daily basis. Um, stones are good as well. Black tourmaline is is uh, well known um, as a protection stone. It is a unique protection stone in that it repels energy unlike other stones. Um, so I would recommend black tourmaline. I would recommend doing the white white light egg med- meditation on the ground and doing the, the sea salt and distilled water uh, on a daily basis. Um, and then this process you probably need to do for a good three weeks. Um, so it sounds like a long time, but it, it takes three weeks usually to be able to break some kind of uh, cycle. Um in terms of your thought process, um, if you, any uh, spiritual material that you resonate with, whoever this person is, if you resonate with the Bible, read the Bible. Read, uh, read whatever spiritual material that strengthens you spiritually. Um, one of the key things um, about having gone through some kind of psychic attack like this um, you usually feel a lot of fear. So getting on the ground is key because you're trying to feel a sense of love. You're, you want that love vibration going on. You want to feel good, positive feelings going on. You want to strengthen You want to strengthen your will and in your, your alignment with God. One of the things that I also want to comment, you know, giving you some very basic um, and very specific uh, details about how to deal with this type of psychic attack um your your mind is key um if you find your mind um goes into negative thought or sometimes you even may find that um you know you're feeling uh the person doing negative some kind of negative thoughts or sending that energy you want to be sending this person love you actually want to um fill your heart with love and send love the other thing I want to say about this for any person who goes through some kind of psychic attack, this is what I want to say about it. This is your wake-up call. This is your spiritual wake-up call. This is God calling you, hey, come out of victimization. Come out of whatever you're stuck in and meet me. I am calling you. I am calling you for spiritual practice. This is also calling up in the person, what is your spiritual practice? And if it isn't strong, then it's time to find out what you resonate with. What is your spiritual practice? What do you want it to be? Um, In other words, this is time for you to, to to define yourself, define who you are spiritually. And if you don't know, it's okay. This is your time to wake up and find out what you resonate with. Who are you? What what spiritual practice do you want to get into? Um, because through spiritual practice, then 
you're you are raising your vibration you are feeling the love presence come to you you're stepping out of fear and then in time the energy of this person doing this it will begin to dissipate and you will have strengthened your spiritual core and your spiritual nature and who you are in other words turn it around make this your let it be a calling to who you are spiritually now, Paula, for our, I, you know, I've had several callers who have chimed in to ask questions. Callers, if you hang on, I will be able to get you on as soon as uh, the conversation permits. So I do feel free to call back if you've recently dropped. But, uh, Paula, for people who are interested in reaching you to talk directly about their specific circumstances, such as wanting to have a shamanic or sound healing or to get other information to handle situations such as the one that our person is asking about from the chat room. How can they reach you? At 404-594-0062. Okay. That's 404-594-0062. Okay. Now, um, thank you to our chat room person who asked that question. I hope that you found that very informative. I know I was listening, once again, taking copious notes. Um, You know, it's very interesting to me because when uh, she asked the question, or he, I'm not sure, asked about uh, breaking free from voodoo or black magic evil energy, my instant reaction was uh, one again of, wait, what, that, you know, that can happen to you without your knowledge? But yeah. I also, I do know that I have learned to have a healthy respect for the things that I do not understand. Just like I don't know how to uh, create a nuclear reaction, I have a healthy respect for nuclear engineers who make that into a possibility. So I consider things such as those dealing in dark or evil energy that it is possible, and I try to steer clear of it, uh, of course, (laughs) purposely, but um, I also have a, a healthy respect for that which I don't know about before I will label it as negative or black. Because to some people, even the idea of saging, Um, or connecting with spirit or animal totems, they would classify that as as being in the realm. Spiritism and animism have been roundly uh, rejected by the modern 2,000-year Christian era. So, you know, when she says that, I know that part of it is that we, we have authority over ourselves. And once we learn that we are kind of sovereign beings and come into that understanding and then wake up with that protective idea or putting the protective egg or energy around ourselves, then we are to a degree inoculated against the everyday kind of negativity that comes our way. But how does one become conscious of a situation where there might be an intentional, very dark, uh, 
voodoo, as she says, put against you? How, how do you know? How does one figure that out? Well, it, you, you would know it. <laughs> if you have been psychically attacked, you just, you you know it. Um, and it will affect different people in different ways. Um, I have gone through this in, in actually various ways. And um, uh, it's, it is very difficult, it's very challenging, and it can be very consuming. And um, through uh, the things that I have just talked about, um, I was able to break uh, those those patterns, and um, it, it was it was actually an amazing experience, and I, I learned so much about myself. Um, you, uh, it is very different. Um, a psychic attack is is a conscious. Uh, attack um, from another individual um, and it is very different than actually somebody having negative thoughts and saying negative things about you those are two I want to make that distinction those are two different things the thought forms um, that come from uh, someone saying negative things and talking about you, those are that. They are thought forms. Um, and thought forms can be um, uh, like dispelled more easily or getting rid of more easily and transformed more easily. When someone is is putting a spell on you, it, it's like sending uh, that negative energy usually takes some form as some kind of demonic uh, energy. And what that means is a demonic energy um, is like the pathway um, is a lot thicker. The cord is a lot thicker. So it takes more work to get rid of it. Um, usually uh, at least a good three weeks uh, to get rid of that kind of energy and uh, through the, the physical process using uh, water and sitting on the ground. Sage is also a, a great tool for clearing uh, both thought forms and, and demonic energies and discarnates. And discarnates are... Um, uh, people who are earthbound who may stick to our field in in energy field either from our bloodline um or uh like for me I encounter discarnates on a regular basis through the work that I do so I use sage and clear myself I also do uh chakra toning and toning and clear myself and water salt water on a regular basis to clear myself and I ask my angelic team to escort these beings to the light as well. Um, so uh, that's a general sense to answer your your question. Um, the energy uh, of the psychic attack, is just, it's like it is so strong and um, usually affects you uh, um, in a very negative way, and you usually wind up feeling a lot of fear is is usually the feeling that most people have and consumed by some feeling of of someone uh attacking you and usually you have some sense of who it is um when that is happening 
Did this help? Did this answer your question? It does. It answers questions. It brings more questions, of course, but I, I'm always going to have a question. That's you know, kind of where I dwell in the but why space. But um, one thing now, so from what I understand, when you incarnate here on the earth plane or come to earth school, as they call it, that there are certain laws that are in effect because this is a 3D reality. So the, the law of... Uh, gravity or the human body, that cellular matter decays uh, from the point of its inception. So there is such a thing as death uh, of the, the human body. The law of cause and effect, that for every action there is an equal and opposite reaction, is the scientific principle, but it is also mirrored in spirit. So for a person Karma. <laughs> Right. So for a person who is dealing and sending negative energy out to people, would it be fair to say that they are going to get a return just as negative as as their outgoing, outpouring intention, they will get it right back? Or not right back. Yes, and I want to say something. I I want to say something else around this. And that is, you know, you're talking about the earth plane. This is a dual earth plane meaning the duality, meaning that we are usually what we find, we're either victims or there's victimizers. Victimizers are those ones that are uh, who are controlling. They're usually people that have, um, in a codependent cycle, they're the controllers in the codependent cycle. The victims are the withdrawers and the, the people pleasers and the compliance. Um what we're trying to do, and this is what we've been playing out, this is what we're trying to wake up from. It's like we want to awaken that, hey, I'm hitting my head against the wall. Hey, I'm being victimized. Or, hey, I'm controlling. This is what we are trying to awaken from are these patterns that we're playing out and saying, no, no, I don't want to play this anymore. I want to step out. I want I want to live completely free. I want to make my decisions and my life so that I am no longer uh, in reactive mode. Um, and to get to your question to answer you, yes, of course, that person who is, whatever we do, it's going to come back to us. And unfortunately for those who... Um, who do that level of of um you know we're talking about um evil doers and and people who are consciously doing that they get it back seven times it comes back to them seven times the level of what they sent out so um and there's no time limit or restraint so if it doesn't come back to them in this lifetime but then the next lifetime or the next lifetime or it may take several lifetimes um, to heal such a curse um, before it's resolved yeah resolving karma they say that we're all here repeatedly to resolve our earthly karma and I've also recently um, heard the teaching that we accrue karma from other incarnations and other planetary dimensions as well. Oh, yes. 
But that yeah, and that is all is pretty strong. That is, that is all in our DNA. Whether we, whether it's this planet, whatever planet, it's in us. Our soul weaves it in us. We carry it with us. The essence of our being is is all in our bodies. Not just the physical you know, body, but your field, your aura. It's there. So we're getting to the last segment of the show. So if anyone is listening and is looking to have um, a one question reading from Paula, definitely give a call to 646-668-8988. Press 1 so that I know that you wish to be on the air. Um, this is the Psychic Inside Show, and I'm your host, Joelle. I'm here talking with Paula Gore, a uh, singing shaman, and this has got probably hours' worth of questions and answers to go forward from here. But um, to share a little bit about what um, my reading was or have been with you, um, I have recorded every session that we have had uh, over the, the couple years that I've known you, and I've also had many other readings from people who are sh- shamanic practitioners as well as other uh, past life healers and mediums. And what I have, so when I went into, after hearing your unusual sound and I went into my session, the first thing that happened was you, you said, oh, you are psychic. And I said, well, yes, I've been told, told that before. Um, but I'm not really feeling like connected in the way that, uh, you know, I'm questioning what's happening. He said, okay, what I'm going to do is go into your third eye and find out, uh, go into the journey and see if you have past lives where you have been traumatized that is blocking you from manifesting your gifts and abilities in your present lifetime. And since that time, I discovered the book uh, by Dr. Brian Weiss, Many Lives, Many Masters. And he was a psychologist who was seeing his patients, and he had a few patients that he was just not able to help them break free of their phobias and, and traumas that were, like, really debilitating their lives. I think the one lady that was his patient had a fear, like a really terrible fear of water and drowning or something similar. And so he was using hypnosis, and he stumbled kind of over a time barrier in his question to where the 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 lady under hypnosis started relating to him information that he realized was not from her present lifetime and she she under hypnosis talked to him about drowning and he recognized that he was hearing a child self present and he started documenting this and then in his practice he again and again started moving his clients into a past life dynamic under hypnosis until he, uh, and he was finding that the root of some of their issues then began to clear once he had crossed this lifetime veil into their past. So in his, he wrote his book about that saying that we have been many things and that we are currently operating then under the trauma uh, grief, pain, loss of all of those tired scars, I guess, of our previous 
realities and that once you start to acknowledge that they're even there, then you can start the healing work. And he speaks about that from a mental perspective, and you're speaking about that when you talk about soul retrieval from a spiritual, emotional perspective. They're like companions on the same flip sides of the same coin that access the yes. area through different ways, but the, the resulting goal is that the inner child is, is, is integrated back into the adult self the uh, reparenting, as you discussed, happens, and we heal then so that our soul becomes its totality and emerges from those battles, war, uh, battle wounds to be able to start living the life that they really want to live, but they didn't know why they couldn't live before. So one of the first things you told me in my reading, it was quite funny because you said that I was in a lifetime that was in ancient Chinese culture and that I was embodying the energy of the phoenix and dragon, very elemental, and that I was um, basically that my, you said this word, you said my landlord, which was interesting because you would not necessarily think of it in terms of a feudal type of society, but you were very clear that my landlord had hired a sorcerer, and the two of them had murdered me terribly in a very violent way. And you began to have tears come into your eyes with the pain of it. And I was shocked because, and I had to then laugh after my initial kind of shock was because anyone who knows me in real life and the real world knows that I have moved more than your average person, and I'm a renter on purpose. I don't have a problem with being a renter. I enjoy being able to choose where I live. But I have had over and over again serious uh, conflicts with my landlord. And I'm a generally nice and loving person, but if you ever want to see me burn the fires of righteous indignation over some injustice, let a landlord try to take advantage of me. And I am on a tear, and it used to really (laughs) trigger me. So I started laughing when you said, oh, I said, me and landlords have problems from way back, okay? (laughs) So it resonated in me in a way that was like my body let me know this is true. What this person just told you sounds fantastical, like something out of a movie, but the truth of the trigger in me as to why I had such a terrible reaction to these present-day things that really should just be business kind of things, but I've taken landlords to court. I've, you know, I've had serious issues. Wow. And Even after we started doing the work, I was thinking, okay, I'm going to be able to heal from this and move on, and I will now resolve my my age-old enemy of the unfair landlord. But when I went into – I was in Mexico for several months last year, and I found out that while I was living there that my landlord had actually built a apartment on top of the unit where I was living, and unbeknownst to me, he had been hijacking electricity off of my bill for about three months of my stay there, and I couldn't oh, figure wow. out why my bill had skyrocketed. And oh, I my was, God. 
I was shocked because I said, oh, I've done so much work on releasing this dynamic of my ancient enemy, you know, but here I was again. <laughs> but what I did find is that I was able to, after getting this, the usual trigger feel of, like, extreme anger and rage, I walked myself back from that, and I released the fear that the shadow, you know, I also found out he was entering the home while I was there in the middle of the night through an access door that I didn't even know open. So I was very disrupted in my last few, three weeks of my stay because I didn't feel safe in the home. I felt very violated. I felt very angry, but I remembered what we talked about in that, and I had to purposely, purposely, purposely release my ill feeling and let it go. And so when I I did that, I wound up leaving a couple days early, but then I went and stayed at a beautiful resort for the last few days before I left, and I just completely released and let him go and and moved on to go forward. But, you know, that's the kind of thing that comes out when you get a reading that you're like, you know what, I, you know, I, the skeptic in me says, hmm, this sounds like far out. But then the, the body and the self, and when you made your tones, I felt shifts in my body, almost like plaque breaking free from a wall where it, the, the shell kind of falls off inside of me. And then that energy that I didn't even realize was constricted, I I felt it move physically in response to the vibration that you were making, and I felt the healing actually occur during during our conversation. I think our first conversation was only maybe 30 or 40 minutes, but it was quite memorable because you also hit two or three other lives, but... Is that typical for um, like a reading session with you? Is that you know a person's past life will come up? Um, yeah, it is typical, but not necessarily. Um, it varies. Uh, in other words, if whatever is needed is where I go. If 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 the pathology is that you have these bleed-throughs, because that's what these are called when the past lives bleed into the current life and affect you like they have, um, then that's what I'll address. I'll address whatever is is needed. I'll just go wherever, and I'll be shown whatever that is. Um, but it is typical, yes. It is very so, typical. And when you end, like, past life person. also, also I I will say that in terms of um, I often find that I uh, go into past lives not necessarily for the bleed throughs or the pathology, but also um, we have past life themes of um, the highlights, the 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 best parts of you know what what we have. Uh, a spiritual attainment that we have reached on the planet. I definitely try to pick up on those aspects um, uh, in every reading so that you can have a sense of what you've been doing here on the planet. I find it's really incredibly important for the soul's identity to get back to that. Why are you here? What what have you been doing here? What are the best parts besides all the crap? Um, it's mm-hmm. important 
Um, and then also like to tune into the soul essence and the body. I find that people's, people seem to shift also when they become seen. That's why I, I find I like tuning into, are you an angel, are you an elemental, are you alien, what are you? Um, because the person seems to, the soul recognizes it. It's like you're, you're being seen, and it's amazing. To me, that's the gift of what being a reader is. It's like I see you, and when we're seen, we get healed, and we can move on. We can let go. And we can embrace who we are. That is so that is so true because a part of me felt relief because you know I had been resonating with the mermaid feeling uh, you know there was something in me that just was saying that I had decorated my space with a lot of uh water and energy and and that you know the things that you like sometimes have a deeper root than just being pleasing to your eye. There's a reason why they're pleasing to your eye and you want the energy around you. But I kept thinking, you know what, it's a little far-fetched for me to say I was a mermaid. I just like that energy. But at the same time, I had been discovering since my awakening more things about myself dimensionally. So when you started talking Again, I had to acknowledge that my cellular level response of knowingness, I felt the truth more so than my brain being, and the feeling actually pushed my brain into acceptance, whereas the logical mind, if left in control, would say, but that's not possible, we're just blah, blah, blah. But my, my total self overrode that ego re- reaction to say you feel this truth at a very, very deep level. And even as I was listening to you with your list of the five, the only one that I have not received past life information from would be being a walk-in. So I've had uh-huh. angelic presented, elemental presented, uh, Pleiadian uh, alien energy, and then I think in that Phoenix and Dragon type lifetime I was representing the shaman shaman pathway. And Mm -hmm. I've had other lives come out where, and you and I have been connected, I think, in past lives as well with some of the Native American and um, uh, Mayan type of uh, Incan uh, pathways in past lives. So. Yes. I've come to understand my my soul age very differently in the last um, you know, since two thousand ten, which was really my awakening. And it was really much like a switch turned on for me during that year and I started putting all the pieces of the puzzle together and then understood that, you know, I was meant my clock was set for me to wake up at that time and to do the integrative work that has been happening. And people like yourself have been placed into my awareness, and it's just something like the curiosity, the natural curiosity, which is the higher self helping you to explore something that is going to ultimately lead to your liberation and certainly your increased awareness of self. Yes. Awesome. 
Now, you, you mentioned that your chakra toning, and this is a class that you have taught um, up at uh, Secreticity while it was still open. And so it is a class that you developed. Um, and can you give our listeners an idea of what chakra toning is? Yes. Um, I teach Western chakra toning, that's Western vowels. Um, for each of the chakras. And um, I have been doing uh, chakra toning. I just Let me just make a sound. So I did O, and O is the third chakra. That's your solar plexus. It's your power center. Um, I have been doing chakra toning uh, for uh, 20 years and um, have been teaching it about that long, too. Um, I got into chakra toning uh, because of the esoteric healing I was doing with my voice. I really wanted to be able to, to teach what I did, and what I found that um, the chakra toning probably was as close to it as I was going to get. And I find that I make these sounds when I'm working. So why not teach chakra toning? And then I began to explore it uh, in terms of the chakras as well. And I currently, um, I do chakra toning for my spiritual practice, actually. I do it every morning, and I find that it clears my chakras. If I wake up and I'm down and I'm depressed by the time I've done chakra toning, it's like, what down? What depressed? It's totally, it does a 180, um, and I find that it's 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 my antidote, and I love to teach it. Um, I, my next, I want to say this, the next time I'm teaching chakra toning is going to be at the Georgia Dowsers meeting. Uh, if you go online to the Georgia Dowsers, um, you'll see their website, where they're located on June 1st. Thursday, so it's two uh, two weeks. Um, it's two weeks out, and uh, it's at seven o'clock. I think I'll be teaching it there for free. So anybody in town that wants to to come, um, please feel free. So um, chakra toning, it just makes sense, and it it just it does a whole lot in a, such a short amount of time. So that's all I want to say around it. Yeah, I think the class I went to was about an hour. Was that about the duration, Paula? Yeah, yeah. When I teach it, it it does tend to take a um, a good hour, and then followed by the meditation. Yeah. So I when I do it at home, when I when you do it, you know, if you were to do this, learn this, and do this, it only takes about fifteen twenty minutes. You know, when you're doing it at home. I uh, participated in one of your classes the afternoon, and <laughs> I giggle now because what's interesting is that I was sitting around this circle with a group of people, and having been uh, classically trained musically, I had to step outside of that framework when I was uh, making the tones that you were having us make because it was not a musical utterance. And everyone in the room kind of, as we would, you would tell us to repeat these tones and start to make them, 
it was very tight. We don't realize how controlled we are in terms of presenting ourselves in public and being willing to emit sounds in a group of strangers. <laughs> you know, most of us won't sing. We'll sing our hearts out in the shower or in our car, but when it comes to actually singing in our true voice in front of others, we become very close and bring that back inside into kind of our private space. Uh, you know, but it was kind of a lesson for me in 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 releasing myself uh you know to uh to experience that class if you will so yeah uh even if i don't didn't tone very much after that just realizing that i needed to laugh at myself and unwind you know and that i was in a box uh you know it was like a shift for me in perspective because i realized how much i had been limiting yeah. Myself. Yeah. You know. <laughs> now we do have two callers that are holding. We're in our last uh fifteen minutes or so. Um so we have uh I think the first caller that was holding uh caller ending six three two three. Welcome to the Psychic Inside Show. Do you have a one question for Paula this evening? Okay, I have a question and it's about the um five categories of beings. And yeah. the label of the star seed. Yeah. In my notes, I wrote that you were saying that it could be they somewhat embody all all of the categories themselves, but the difference with them is they have mastered their emotions or not emotionally driven. Okay, so let let's back up. You you want me okay. to tell you more about the star seed? Yes, ma'am. Because I, I, I'm okay. I, I kind of get the. I'm not clear on how a star seed can be all categories, or you're saying that they run no, through all no. categories. Okay. No, no, no. Star seed is. These are the alien beings. Um, oh. Okay. These are the alien. This is an alien group. Star seeds are the alien group. These are the beings. Um, these are the beings that are uh, from um, all of these other planets that we talked about, the Pleiades, um, Syria, uh, Orion, Lyra, um, Arcturia. And there is, a, there is a particular, I don't know if you want to know more um, around this, but there's a particular nature about... Um, Star seeds that tends to be uh, somewhat like a it's a it's a very driven people know they tend to know their star seeds because they feel this there's a drivenness that it, it's like it overrides whatever life difficulties the drive it supersedes uh, the life limitations and the journey and the the work the internal work for the star seed then is really some temperance around these emotions because um the drivenness is great in terms of when life is difficult because 
the soul would just find the the path, find the the resource, find the energy, find the drive, and pull out of the difficulty. But there are some situations where um, the the um, the energy can be too much, um, and uh, be uh, uh, sort of overstated. Um, and it it can need to be tempered in a sense. Um, in other words, the star seed needs to learn to not be driven by emotion and to learn to allow for that higher realm and higher consciousness at times to even override the emotions. That's the that's the uh, the piece that's needed for the star seed is not to let the emotions drive you. Learn to develop higher consciousness and let the wisdom and insight come into the drive. That's okay. the that's the real piece that's needed. Okay, so Did, my next question is when you talk you talked about things being um part of your DNA, your experiences, your gifts is this the same thing in within the star seed concept? Is the or do those? Is it a reincarnation with them also? I guess that's what I'm asking. So I'm trying to understand your question. Um, when well, you I talked about when we do when we go through our different lives that yes. everything is coded, not just in you know our, me- our memory may not remember it on this plane and at this time, but it is coded in our DNA. So, yes. and being that the star seeds are considered aliens, so I'm going to say non-human, do they go through the same cycle also, or is there something different? Okay, so once you're in a human body, you have all of that in you. Are you saying, you know, I mean, if an alien is an alien and, and is visiting our planet, um, you know, and they're in their alien body, they still have their, the soul still carries everything, all the, everything about that soul and all their incarnations, regardless of where they are. Even if you're, say, in between lifetimes and you're in your light body. hmm you still have it. You still have all the stuff you've gone through. Right. So in saying that, that in part of that journey, of those journeys that you could at one time be a, okay, all right, maybe I'm not phrasing it right. Okay, I'm still not completely understanding the alien part, because is, is it an outside? You said you go into a human body, so if you're in a human body, you're no longer alien, so you take on the aspect of the human body, right? Am I? Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah, I think that if I can chime in, so there's a difference between extraterrestrial or alien entities that are here that are not in human form. But if you okay. incarnate, if you take okay. the human path, that is what a star seed speaks to, which is that it is um, an energy that originated or has dwelled in different dimensions known as other planets, 
that is choosing in this lifetime to experience the human planetary energy. So that's the distinction. So as I understand, DNA is actually a super data storage component, almost like a old school floppy disk. Our DNA right. contains many, many codes um, that A, function and run us as human beings biologically. Certain switches get turned and that's how we become male or female, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Right. But that they're learning that there is other information that has been passed down stored in our DNA that we're just now at a point of awareness scientifically to begin to realize how much data is in the cell that we don't understand. Um, And we're starting to, mapping it was one thing and then understanding what it does is another. And even the whole field of epigenetics, E-P-I-G-E-N-E-T-I-C-S, If you start to look at it, it is the science of studying ancestral DNA so that it's saying that we are not just the biologic material of our parents and grandparents and all of that, that there is other uh, material that is passed directly down to us that, that presents itself in behavioral, not just biological ways, and that this This can include family patterns of trauma and family wounds and and all of that so yeah um, and i see it i see those i'll see a mother and daughter come in and they'll have the same they'll have the same energy patterns and the same traumas in other words when we go through someone's womb that womb going through that process that is the initiation um if you will into that person's trauma. It's like we take it on. And we take it on. In other words, if the job of children is to take on their parents' karma, all of it, and to heal it. That's what offspring is about. (laughs) Literally, that's what we're doing. We are here to heal what our parents went through. Okay. It's a big that's a job. Big, uh, I would say that's a big <laughs> job, but but what I understand is that we as souls, we know before we get here, we are agreeing and volunteering to do this um, on purpose, knowing yes. that we will forget everything once we get here and basically be uh, like what's the TV show, Naked and Afraid, where they drop them out in the forest and they're like, good luck getting you went back to society. It's kind of the same thing. You come in naked and alone, but then not only that, you have an energetic uh, and DNA uh, uh, baggage or, or package with you that you then have to discover about and move yourself through. And that's before your parent ever even opens their mouth and begins parenting you, you know, which most of us, we start to deal with issues of direct uh, interaction with our parent. At some point in our life, we have to come to grips with our relationship with them as they were as people, 
people who were then charged with the responsibility of raising new beings. But that's just one layer of it because then you've got your whole energetic uh, shadow, if you will, uh, that comes with you as well. But from what I understand, this is one of the most uh, cherished experiences that souls come to do, that they really are like blessed by and and elevated actually and perfected, if you will, by the difficulty of what it is to be human. And I want to make a quick comment about this. Um, There's... Uh, several things about being human that um, is different than any other type of incarnation. One planet Earth um, is a free will planet. That means that we choose before we come in here what we're going to do and be and all that. And then free will also means also that the planet has free will, and that means that anybody can come here and do anything anytime they want to. That means aliens too. Um, But what makes humans unique and planet Earth, the incarnation unique one. Uh, no, no other incarnation has um, has heaven. Um, in other words, uh, we die and we go to heaven, and um, that is a unique experience. And that's what um, uh, one of the big the the big calls about being here is to experience the divine in such a beautiful um, way, and. Also, humans are um, emotional, chemical. Uh, n- no other beings anywhere are emotional, chemical. All these other beings are very mental. So uh, we are we are extremely unique, and um, everybody wants to come here and incarnate because they want to know what what the trip is like. And for every incarnation there are four or five applicants or beings for our incarnation and for us to be here and playing out uh living out our the dream that we planned um we we are the most evolved beings for the job that we're in for this for the life that we have so all of us that are here, we we truly are the most evolved beings probably anywhere. And this, you know, in some ways we say may not say a lot about the planet, but because the level of consciousness, you know, as we see is still not there, you know, as we look at our government and so forth, but still um, this is a very, very difficult journey. Um, the other aspect that what happens here is um, fusion. Um, this is what we see the Ascended Masters um, have, fusion of the, the soul with the higher self. And that's what an Ascended Master is. It's someone who has um, fused their, um, completely fused their soul with their higher self, and this is what we are all striving to do here: is fusion, complete union with our higher self. Paula, we are Later. in the last minute of the show, so I want to go ahead and wrap this up. I thank you so much for coming on tonight and doing so much teaching. There's quite a bit of information here, and I wanted to let our listeners know. On Thursday evenings, I'm going to be launching my Vibrarian talk show. 
On that, we will be having a free-for-all discussion based on subjects every week. It's the same phone number, 9 o'clock on Thursdays. So I know that we will be having a conversation about some of the topics you had here, such as star seeds and the levels of being. This week, our guest show is going, guest is going to be uh, the Beachside Astrologer, and we're going to spend some time talking about the signs and planets and astrology and why it matters. And then next week, we're going to be talking about astral travel. So I hope that you will tune in again for uh, another episode. And uh, this has been the Psychic Inside Show, and I'm your host, The Vibrarian. I hope that you have a wonderful week ahead and that you dwell in positivity and love. Paula, thank you so much for coming on tonight. This has been the Psychic Inside Show. Namaste. Thank you.